Do you struggle to stay in the present or have a hard time getting unstuck when you're in the grips of anxiety? PTSD can make it extremely hard to be present, but the good news is with a few tricks and tools, you'll be able to get yourself out from the grips of anxiety and depression in no time. In today's clip from our Recovery Secrets Daily Coaching Program, you'll hear Brad and I talk about two relief tools that are often overlooked or glossed over when it comes to not only getting relief from your PTSD triggers, but building strong positive neural pathways in your brain that are essential for recovery. If you like today's content, you can try Recovery Secrets Daily Coaching and get coached by Brad and myself free for seven days by going to overcomingptsd.com slash free trial. And when you sign up, you'll get over $3,000 worth of amazing bonus programs that you get to keep for life just for signing up. Again, that's overcomingptsd.com slash free trial. All right, we are live here. Welcome everyone to our... <laughs> Recovery Secrets Daily Coaching Call. It is so good to be here with each and every one of you for this special Saturday session. If you're going to be joining us live, feel free to say hey in the chat box there so we can welcome you and so we can engage as we go throughout our session today. I'll let Brad do a little intro of our topic and what we're talking about today while we make sure everything is rocking and rolling. So welcome, everybody. Great to see you bright and early this Saturday morning. Um, I'm very excited to be here. We're going to be talking about an awesome topic that will be applicable to everybody here regardless regardless of whether you are, um, you're brand new to your recovery journey, or you are, um, someone who's been doing this for a while, uh, because this topic is a way to help you become more present in your life and a way to deal with more extreme emotions. So it's a way to take yourself out of all of the emotional turmoil and emotional chaos in your mind and in your life and bring you back back into the present moment. So you can be grounded and deal with the emotion or just move on with your day. So as I indicated, what we're going to be talking about today is grounding and tagged onto that. We're also going to be talking about mindfulness and present moment awareness. So how to be present, how to bring mindfulness into your day. Um, but at the end of this, uh, coaching session today, you'll walk away with a deeper knowledge on how to, how to bring that to your life, to your recovery and some practical tools to help you when you're, you're triggered or the motions are seem, seem out of control, or, um, you're just like out of control and you feel like you can't control your emotions and, or anything like that. So that's what we're talking about today. It's going to be an awesome, awesome session. Hope you guys are, uh, excited and, uh, think it's a great way to kick off the weekend. I think so too. And I think grounding is one of those things that it's, you know, it's, it's pretty common practice in regard to like hearing about it and maybe knowing grounding exercises, but there's a couple of small kind of changes that you can make to actually make them powerful in your life. And there's a tremendous amount of benefits to practicing grounding exercises beyond just kind of coming down from a trigger or getting yourself even into the present moment. There's a, mm -hmm. a lot of benefits that come with the skill of being able to do that. And so I know for a lot of people, it's easy to kind of push this one off to the side. It's easy to kind of skirt this one and say, okay, like grounding. Yeah. Like I, I know grounding exercises, or I know, um, you know, what, what to kind of do there, but what's easy to do is also easy not to do. And there's a lot of benefits to doing this very, very simple, or these, you know, depending on what exercise you kind of do these very, very simple exercises, mm -hmm. because when we talk specifically about recovery toolbox tools, which this is one of them and coping skills, what we're, what we're doing is we're building a skill and those skills come up throughout the journey. So I want you to think about everything that we're doing here is building a specific muscle. And so mm. grounding the skills that you need to do grounding effectively 
are building specific muscles are making specific muscles stronger for you. And those muscles are going to come up again later in the journey. So when we do anything in regard to recovery toolbox tools, it's always with more than one purpose. So grounding has a lot of different great purposes. One mm -hmm. of course is to help you get into the present moment when you're triggered, just get into the present moment, but again, build this skill of also being in control of your mind. And so grounding exercises where people typically go wrong is using what I might call like a canned grounding exercise, oh, yep. you know, kind of something that you find online or you find a list top 10 best grounding exercises but we're going to make kind of a small tweak here so that you can really implement these into your life and make them as powerful as as they should be in your life yeah because there's so many so many lists out there of like oh the top you know 179 grounding exercises you can use and there's so many different things but really it doesn't really matter what you do um it comes down to like once you understand you know, the purpose of why you're trying to, or why you're taking that activity. That's when you can, you can basically turn anything into a grounding exercise. That's kind of like that's the, <laughs> the, the point. Um, because it's all about, you know, getting yourself into, into the present moment, right? So getting you out of the chaos of your mind into the present moment. And one reason why I said, it doesn't matter where you are on your recovery journey. This will be helpful because being present is, 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 is a wonderful state right? It's where your emotions are calm, or I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be calm, like your emotions, but you're, you're in the present. You're, you're either pro like the way I, the reason I say that is because you could be processing emotions in the present moment, but you can be present with that and allow that to happen. But that would be healing when you're in, when you're in the present moment, it's healing. You're not, you're not attached to these negative thoughts. Uh, you can see things, you can make decisions better. And the reason why I say everybody could benefit from this, from, from grounding and just this kind of coaching in general is because presence isn't really a binary state. It's not like you're not present and then you're present. It's like that. It's not like black and white like that, right? It's a continuum. So like it goes along, um, you know, what's the word? There's a lot of gray in there, you know, like you can, there's different degrees of presence, right? So even though you might not be experiencing a lot of extreme emotions right now, um, like if you're further along in the recovery journey, it's likely that you're not as present as you could be and that you can gain a lot of benefits from becoming more present um, in your life and gain a lot more peace uh, because of that. And I know myself too, like there's still more that I, I want to become more present in my life in a lot of different areas. So I'm, I'm excited about talking about this as well, because uh, it's going to help me, you know, develop more presence. And it's something that everybody can work on. It's kind of one of those eternal skills. Unless you're the Dalai Lama. Even then, probably no, no, it's I'm one just... <laughs> of those internal skills where it, it's something that's always growing and where you, there's always areas to improve. Right. Mm -hmm. And so where you might more obviously feel this like lack of presence might be when you start to get fatigued, when you start to get tired. Right. And so we just last night, uh, were able to meet up with a couple of friends and we have this one friend who we love dearly and have a great relationship with. And just like, believe it or not, loves to talk more than I love to talk right? and, <laughs> and kind of holds the conversation. And Kayleen loves to talk when nobody else is there. And but when, like when you're in a group, you don't talk that much. No, like I, I'm very, a normal person. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so this friend loves just like loves to talk, which is good. Cause the three, the other three of us are like very kind of quiet, introverted, and he just loves to tell stories and, and kind of go and go and go. And, you know, as I, and I, we love being there with them and him and we love hearing his stories and all sorts of stuff like this. 
And then as the night goes on and as we start to kind of get more tired, you know, I, I can feel myself kind of getting into the state of, you know, thinking about something else or like, you know, wanting to, you know, kind of like shut my eyes and go to sleep and, and being less engaged in that conversation, being less focused, being less present on the things that he's saying. So it's kind of one of those eternal skills and grounding is a really easy way to implement it into your life. And you don't just have to use grounding exercises, you know, when you're triggered, you can use them. And another word we'll use for them is when we're using them when we're not triggered would be a, like a mindfulness exercise. So we're going to talk about all that today, but I just want to welcome everyone here. So welcome, Joanne. Welcome, Larry. Welcome, Lorena. Welcome, Jeanette. Welcome, Delane. Welcome, Mimi. Welcome, Lino. Welcome, Lisa. Welcome, Jen. I think I welcomed you twice, but welcome. Everyone is so, so welcome. It is so good to have each and every one of you here on this awesome, super, mm. our super Saturday session. We were so able, <laughs> uh, so, so glad we were able to kind of get this in here. So let me know in the chat box there if you have done a grounding exercise or if you have a favorite grounding exercise or if you're one of those people and this was me so there's i mean there's no right or wrong answer here who have just been like well forget it these are these are too simple too silly just not going to do these exercises let me know what you think about grounding exercises there mm. so the the kind of the trick to grounding exercises and and this is what always frustrated me about the these canned grounding exercises of like you know list of 10 top 12 whatever um grounding exercises what what always really irritated irritated me is like it was one of the first things i was always like assigned for lack of a better term mm. like going to seek help going to see a therapist or whatever it was and it was like here's a list of grounding exercises <laughs> that doesn't make me feel good just saying it right <laughs> and um and i would look at them and i'd be like okay like like I, I see it, but I didn't understand why. And a big thing mm. for us, and you'll notice this throughout our coaching is, is we have this desire to understand why I'm not going to do something if I don't understand why I'm being asked to do it. And so the benefits of grounding exercises, like, like we already talked about in the beginning, you are building skills that you're going to need later on the journey. And that would have been enough for me without even explaining more than that. You're building this skill of control over your mind. That's a muscle. And so when you're in an elevated state, now that could be a triggered state, or that could be, you know, just, you have a lot going on at work or you're distracted or you, you know, you mm -hmm. have kids running all around you, or uh, maybe you're, you're in a situation with a lot of different people and you just kind of need to be like, hold on, just like, let's just pause for one second. Let's just be. So whether mm -hmm. you're using them for either situation there, they're going to help you build that muscle of being in control of your mind. And that's basically the benefit of all of the recovery toolbox tools is you're building that muscle of I'm in control, I'm in control, I'm in control, I'm in control. And the more that you practice this, this general muscle, this general exercise of being in control, the stronger that muscle is going to get. And so when you do your processing or when you really need it, you know, when you're having a really tough day or you, you've experienced something really, really challenging in your life, that muscle is going to be ready. You're, you're going to be mm -hmm. able to use that muscle a lot easier and it's going to be a lot stronger. So if something happens in your life, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be able to be in control, or if you have a really tough day or if something, something happens, some sort of chaos happens, you're going to be able to be in control. Mm -hmm. And so these are really, really simple exercises and we don't have to overcomplicate them. And while I am going to give you some examples, the small twist, the small tweak that we make for grounding exercises, again, you can use these as mindfulness exercises. And I encourage you to do that. But the small tweak that we make is I want you to come up with your own. And so the very, very, the, the baseline of it, the simplicity of it is you want to pick some sort of activity 
that you can draw as many of your five senses into as possible. That's it. You could be sitting on your floor, kind of just like, just touching the rug and like looking and like, you know, what do you smell? What do you see? You know, you could just be like feeling what, what's going on around you. So when I mm -hmm. say activity, typically we want it to involve some sort of movement, but you want it to be something that you can use when you're commonly in that state of overwhelm or when you're in a, a triggered state. Mm -hmm. And so that was always the trick for me with the canned exercises, you know, it'd be like, okay, like grab an ice cube and do these, you know, these things with this ice cube. But then I would never, ever be in a, like in a situation where I was triggered and had an ice cube. <laughs> and I, I didn't make the connection back then or until a little bit later of that I needed to create my own that worked for me. Right. And so there's a handful of things. Now I always wear glasses. I, I'm in a hat all the time, but there's a handful of things that I always have on me, right? So I always wear a necklace and I always wear this ring here and you don't have to overcomplicate this process, but you want it to be something that you can basically do anywhere. Mm -hmm. And now the cool thing is once you start to create your own, you can create them on demand. So if you're in a situation that you're not normally in, you're going to be able to write then right there to get that sense of presence, to get that sense of calm or whatever it is you're looking for, just to exert that control. You're going to be able to create that out of anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, my ring is something I always have on. So I know in any situation, I'm like, I would be able to use this as a grounding, as a mindfulness exercise. And so how I make it actionable, you know, more than just it, it sitting here is I, I feel it right. And I'll slide it like halfway on and halfway off my finger. Right. And so I, I think about how it feels and you want to dive into the details of how does it feel? Right. So this is an Irish ring. So it has a, a handful of, I don't know, designs on it. So there's a specific way that it feels. It's a little bit bent. It's not perfectly circular. There's a way that it feels quite literally coming on and off my finger. There's a way that my, my fingers move. There's certain fingers I use to actually take this ring on and off. There's a way that my muscles in my hands move to get this ring off my finger. There's all sorts of things that you can do. That's just with feel. Okay. That's just with feel. Then you can look at it. Right. And you can like, look, it's worn through. This is a ring. I inherited this ring. Right. So this ring has been around for quite a while and you can see some of the design on one side is a little bit worn off and you can look at the gold and you can look at the reflection and you can see the, the place where it was repaired and you can see the place where I, I bit it because I wore it on my necklace. Right. And so there's, sight. Okay. And then you could do smell. Now, typically this smells like the last soap that I washed my hands with. Okay. This, I don't totally encourage you to do taste with, but the point <laughs> being you bring as many of your senses into it. And then you really just focus on every single tiny little detail. That's all that grounding is. And that you can do this for 60 seconds. You can do this for 10 minutes, but the practice is getting yourself into the present moment exerting your control over your mind to be focused on what you want it to be focused on and not what you don't. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that is the tremendous power of a simple exercise like this. And while I, I don't use grounding in the way that we typically teach it, cause we typically teach it as a tool to help you get kind of more in control and more present when you're in a triggered state, because it's, it's an incredibly powerful tool. But this is something that like, if, if I'm in a situation where it's chaotic, this skill still comes into play, right? So we had a situation uh, a couple of weeks ago now where I needed to be present and I needed to be focused. 
And I was able to use that muscle and exert that muscle because basically I had so much practice with that muscle. And so it was a flip of a switch for me to be present and focused on exactly what I was doing and nothing else. And that's an amazing skill, again, for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know that <clears throat> it's very easy, again, to be caught up that this is like a specific action that you take. And by doing the action, you get the result. Because like Kayleen said, like what you said, like the ice cube thing, it mm -hmm. like didn't work for you, right? right? So like you can, like without knowing, without like actually exerting some mental effort, you know, to be present, to be there, like the power comes in, like you still have to do the work. Right? You still have to be present and make your mind be there and, um, you know, feel the things or see the things or whatever it is. It's not the action itself. It's what's going on in your mind. Right. Um, but it is, it is both of them combined, but most of the power comes in, in your mind. Cause if you're just holding ice cube and you're not doing anything, you're just, you're now, you're just in a triggered state with a cold hand. <laughs> <laughs> but basically I wanted to just kind of draw a, a, a picture to kind of visually depict, um, the idea of grounding, right. And kind of the purpose and, um, just, I, I think it's just a very simple diagram to, can you undo the red one for me? Yeah. We're taking out the red. She hates the red. We're using a lot of red today too. I'm, I'm I apologize. Right. So, <clears throat> so this is going to be like the triggered state, this first person, right? So generally when you're triggered, you, your awareness, we've talked about this before in the mindset bootcamp, um, when we went through awareness, um, it's the consciousness. So it's, you're not your thoughts. You're not your emotions. You're the consciousness behind that. So when I'm drawing you right here, I'm intending it to be like your consciousness. So like your awareness, so who you are when you're triggered, your consciousness, like you believe that you are the emotions. You are so caught up in your emotions and your thoughts that you can't really see yourself through the emotions. You don't have any control. Right? So this is why I said I'm drawing a lot of red, right? So you and your emotions are all tangled up and you can't even see yourself. What grounding does is it helps separate you. Probably just ruin the red marker too, from this jumble of emotions so that you can see it, you can look at it and make better decisions or just decide or just be in more control. Like if you're in a situation where you get triggered and you just wanna be in more control, this will allow you to do that. Or a very beneficial thing is that what you'll, what you'll learn in time is that pain is good. Being triggered is good, right? It's good because it gives you all, it, it's basically all of your past pain, your tr or it's, it's past pain, past trauma coming into the present moment, moment and you're re-experiencing it, right? So basically in all of those emotions, all of those feelings, all of those thoughts is data is information for you to then go use and process. So your body is when it's triggered, it's telling you basically like this is the mindset that you can bring forward. Your body is telling you all of the information that you need to go and process it. But if you're in this state where you're jumbled up with it, it's going to be complete chaos and you're just going to, you're going to have absolutely no control. So if you can separate, separate from that, see it, you can start to look at it more analytic, analytically and more objectively and be like, okay, you know, this, this triggered me here. Um, this is why I got triggered. And 
oh, this actually isn't from this moment. It's from this past moment. Let me go in and process that, right? So then you can take a trigger. You can take a, a seemingly painful and negative experience and literally transform it into a positive experience. And triggers are one of the best ways to identify what your traumas are and what needs to be healed. It's like, it's very obvious. Your body makes it very obvious when you're triggered, when you're anxious, whatever it is, there's something there that needs to be healed. So um, that's that's a, a visual I just wanted to, to draw to kind of depict what you were describing about, yeah. you know, you separate it so you have control, so you can make better decisions. I think it's great. And I think you could have done that in blue. <laughs> okay. And so uh, another big kind of question with, with grounding exercises, and I'm interchangeably using the, the term mindfulness, right? I'm kind of sprinkling that into the conversation here today. They're not all that different, right? A mindfulness exercise is an exercise to help you be more aware, to help you be more in the present, to focus on your senses and you know, how you move and when, what things smell like, what things look like really to absorb yourself in a single moment. And so what I love about these two topics, which are very, very similar and overlapping is my, like practicing mindfulness daily or practicing a grounding exercise daily is a great way to build this skill consistently. And so something that I used to do when I was hurt, when I was still kind of on this journey is I would have, you know, my grounding exercises, my ring, for example, that I could use at the ready, but I also knew that I could create them. If for some reason I couldn't do these things, right. I could create them at the drop of a hat, but I also built exercises into my routine. Okay. And so for me, and I use this all the time as an example, there's a couple of anchors in my day that no matter what I get these things in. Okay. And it's a shower and it's a coffee. Mostly that's that. I mean, time with Trilo, like he ready or not, like, you know, you have a dog, you, you know, this ready or not, you have to do all, all the dog things that day. But for me, no matter what, if I'm with friends, if I'm traveling, if I'm in another country, if I'm, I'm staying a- anywhere, I mean, there's, I live in my car for a little bit and doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It was coffee and a shower every single day. I made sure to make that happen. And so those were kind of anchors in my day. And so I use those as opportunities since I was doing them anyway, to kind of double up mindfulness exercises or double up grounding exercises. Right. And so my coffee each day, I would use that as an opportunity to draw my five senses into it and just draw myself into specifically that first sip of coffee. And so it would be, it would be hot. It would be steaming. Maybe it would be from a restaurant. Maybe it would be something I made at home. doesn't matter. Right. And so I would feel, you know, the way that I was sitting in the chair, I would feel the clothes on my body, how they were laying. I would feel how my muscles move to like go towards the cup, what the temperature felt, you know, felt like what it felt like on my hands, where on my hands, this temperature in this mug, what the mug felt like. Then as I picked it up, how heavy the mug was, how the liquid moved in the mug. And so you can see you're diving in really, really deep to this moment. Of course, then what it smelled like, what it felt like, right? And so when it has steam coming off of it, there's a, there's a completely different type of feel that you might get. I know now with glasses, if I kind of hold that mug up, it like bogs up my glasses, right? And so you're, you're doing this all, and now it's one moment, but you're diving deep, 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 deep into this moment. And so I want you to look for maybe anchors that you have in your day. Maybe it's a cup of tea, maybe it's a cup of coffee, maybe it's a shower, maybe it's a walk, maybe it's reading, whatever your thing is, maybe it's stretching. 
And you can use that as an opportunity to practice a grounding slash mindfulness exercise every single day. So you continue to build this skill. Another great one is the shower. So no, I didn't even finish that one, right? So then you you go into how the coffee tastes, you know, what it basically does in your mouth, where in your mouth that liquid falls, how it feels when you kind of swallow it, what muscles you use, and you know, feeling that warmth or, you know, today I'm drinking iced co coffee, feeling that cold. Today I'm drinking with a straw, how that feels on my teeth, what teeth I use to bite that straw all sorts of stuff like that. Okay. And so that's just a single moment. And we, we really even just scratch the surface on that moment. So you can use little cues like that to dig deeper and deeper and deeper. A shower is another great one where you can feel the warmth on your body. You can feel how the, the droplets, you know, kind of fall. You, you can use any sort of moment in the shower, how it smells, right? Maybe it smells like shampoo or it smells like soap, how everything feels, how you're standing, how your posture is, you know, what, what it, what it feels like you know, the water running down your body, there's all sorts of things and you can dive into a single moment. And that's really what this is all about. And that's one way that you can continually build the skill of awareness and these, these grounding skills, the skill to be in the present moment when you need it, you're building this muscle. And it's a simple thing to do each and every day, especially if you tack it on to a little anchor exercise, like drinking coffee or mm -hmm. like taking a shower. So how many people here have something in mind already? There's two things I want you to think about, right? Is that one thing? What's that one thing that you do every day that you can bring mindfulness to? Also on a side note, we did an exercise once we read it. Actually, I think the book was literally called mindfulness, but they had an exercise in that book um, where I think you like ate a raisin or an almond or something. And you, you went through that process. So um, I would encourage all of you guys to, you know, that was a good one. Yeah to, to, um, take five minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, I'll just use the example of an almond, but something that, that you eat, and it'll just be a great exercise. You don't have to do this every day, but it's going to, it's going to really show you, um, how detailed you can go and how present you can be in the moment. Right. Cause a lot of times we're not present. We're, we're so caught up in our thoughts and our emotions that we don't really, we're not really taking in the fresh stimulus of our environment. And part of being present is like, you you're not caught up in thoughts. There's no thought. There's no emotion, right? When you're like pure presence, you're just taking, you're taking in all of the fresh sensory data, um, that you're experiencing in that moment, not a second ago, right? That moment. And whatever happens a second ago is just gone. Like if you're in pure presence, it's like you are fully experiencing everything from your senses. Right. And if you think about that, it's kind of weird. It's like, if you just look around your room right now, you like, you, you'll see things. And like, if you look at like this, this desk, for example, I, I can see that there's a little bit of a texture on the top that there's this also this wood, it's not real wood, obviously, but this wood printing. And then I can see all the little details in that printing. And then I can see the, the light shining down and it reflecting off that. So what I want you to do is just take one second. I, and I'm going to use the, the almond, just for example, I want you to take that almond and I want you to go through the process of eating that almond. Right. And, but first, I want you to look at it. I want you to look at it and be present and really take in all of the, all of the ridges. Um, you know, if it's cracked in any places, how it feels in your fingers and really like really take it in and look at all the details that you might be forgetting. Look at the little nub at the bottom, you know, because there's a little nub that we're like, it connects to the shell, right. Or the shell, like, I don't know if it grows out of it, but um, I'll just say like where it grows out of it and it surrounds it. There's like a little nub thing at the bottom, but look through, look at the whole thing. And then put it in your mouth, but don't chew it yet. 
feel how it feels in your mouth, the ridges, the texture, um, all of that. And then start to chew it slowly. How does it feel, you know, when you're chewing it, right? How does it kind of, how do, how do the, you know, small particles of almond feel against your cheeks? How does your tongue move to push the food underneath your teeth? Like your tongue is amazing. You don't even know the work that your tongue does, but pay attention to when you chew an almond, how your tongue perfectly like places your tongue and your cheek working together perfectly places the almond underneath your teeth to chew it. It's actually really amazing. And then go through, uh, swallowing it and then feeling it go, you know, go down the back of your throat, down, down your throat and in, into your, into your stomach. Um, again, Oh, also someone said smell in here, smell it. <laughs> I missed that. Um, but and you could hear like, you know, how, how it's, uh, I remember doing this now that you say this, you know, we, I remember we like kind of rubbed it. I don't remember if it was an almond, but rubbed it, maybe even rubbed two almonds together to like, listen, but then also listen to how it sounds yes. to it. Yes. And I remember one of the things I was amazed about was specifically what your tongue does and specifically how for the most part, you, you're able to chew something. You don't think about what your tongue is doing and your tongue doesn't get in the way. <laughs> and what was interesting about this exercise, right? Once you start to become aware, it's like, wow, like that's, it's just doing that all the time basically. Yeah. And, and I remember feeling immense gratitude for not biting my tongue more often. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and also like how your tongue pushes, pushes the food back or grabs food up in like your jowls and pushes it back to the back of your throat. And so are so, those not called jowls? I don't think on humans they're called, I called jowls. my dogs, jowls, jowls. Yeah. I think they're called jowls on dogs, right? I think well, that's what we call on them. Dogs. I don't know about humans. <laughs> I have jowls. Um, and so something I wanted to point out just because something that we'll sometimes do specifically when we'll have like a day off or we'll call it like a slow morning. We'll just spend like the morning together, just like having coffee, relaxing, hanging out. And, um, typically it involves the beach. Cause I'm a water person. I'm a beach person. And we'll go to the beach and we'll have our coffee and we'll just sit there and we'll sit there and sometimes we'll have a conversation together where it's like, what do you hear? And we'll sit there in silence and we'll listen. And we'll try to find like five things that we hear. And it's amazing when you sit, how much you, you miss when mm -hmm. you're typically just kind of living your life. You know, you miss the waves, you miss the seagulls, you miss the kids playing down the beach. There's a train in the distance. You can hear the cars actually on the highway that's two miles away. You know, you can hear the wind blowing in the, in the seagrass and you can hear just like people, you can hear life happening. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that's a, an amazing thing to, to sit and, and, and listen. Right. And so we'll challenge each other sometimes. And I do this almost every time I'm on the beach, I'm on the beach a lot with Chilo and I'll just challenge myself to be present, you know, cause it's easy to be like, oh, well, this is a good time to call a friend or this is a good time to you know, when we're, I'm walking on the beach with Shiloh, you know, call Brad or mm -hmm. call my parents or whatever it is. And, and I'll say, you know what? Nope. I'm just going to be here with him and I'm going to listen. And I'm going to watch him and how he moves and how he walks and his little paw prints. And he, you know, he's always been a little bit of a lazy walker. He drags his little paw. So you can see, like, you can, you can tell when it's him walking on the beach with his little tracks, uh, but it's an amazing thing to do. And you can do this. And I remember notice, noticing this specifically, there was, there was a point in my life um, where this was a couple of years ago now, but uh, my grandma was at the end of her, her journey here and we brought her home 
from where she was living at the time. And we were able to have an amazing experience there. But I remember when we brought her home that, you know, we had a lot of family over. And so there were, there were people out and like talking and just having general conversations. And there were people doing dishes and somebody pointed out, it wasn't me. Somebody, one of my family members pointed out, uh, you know, it must be so nice for her to hear the sounds of home. And I didn't realize what they meant until I, I really kind of took that statement in. I was like, oh, like you take that for granted, hearing people talk downstairs, hearing people talk in the other room, the hustle and bustle of just normal life, hearing the dishes and people put away dishes and open drawers and shut cabinets and open the fridge and open the front door and the, the dog barking and, and even just like stuff that's happening in the pipes, like the water going through the pipes, the shower running. Mm -hmm. And it was a, an amazing exercise in, in mindfulness. And, you know, we had kind of noted a change in her behavior when she came home to a much more relaxed state mm -hmm. because it, it felt very different than the place she was before, which was not a home setting. So there's little things that you can do in your life to, to take it in. I mean, in this room, we have a, a clock that doesn't tick specifically because we do certain things that we need it to not tick, but the ticking of the clock and the, the sound of the birds outside, the sound of that road that we, we block out, the buzzing of the lights. There's all sorts of things that we block out, we don't notice. And, and there's a reason for that. You know, there's a reason and a time and a place to do that. But to sit in that presence, specifically, if you can get yourself some outside time and to listen is an amazing thing. And uh, if you can challenge yourself to just say, you know, what are, what are three things I hear right now mm -hmm. in any situation? What are three things I see right now? That maybe I normally don't. What are three things I, I can feel right now? And it's amazing. Right now, we're we have actually cheap chairs, right? That we're sitting <laughs> cheap I IKEA chairs we got many years ago, and it's actually digging into my lower back, which I didn't notice until I I just started saying this, right? And yeah, so they're not very you well. You can feel right. it's it's a very uncomfortable chair now that I'm, I'm bringing some awareness <laughs> to it, right? You can feel the way you're sitting. You can feel the way your clothes hang on you. It's all sorts of stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. there's all way, all sorts of ways to kind of challenge yourself to to hear these things, to see these mm -hmm. things, to notice these things and to bring these things into your life. When we're sitting and having coffee or when we're on the beach, it takes less than a minute, maybe less than 30 seconds to just shut your eyes and say, what are three or five things that I hear? And to help build that muscle. Yeah. And two things I think about when I think about being present is, you know, when I was a kid, I don't know how many people have this uh, or these experiences, but I imagine most children do, uh, because you don't really have a past or you have a very short past. And a lot of your childhood is just like a sponge. So you just take everything in. So you're very present and you're very aware of what's going around. But I remember, um, as a kid, like I would just, I would go outside, I would go, go outside and play. And I would like, look at a rock and like, I would, I would like look at every little, little detail of it. And I just remember being very present and I didn't know that, that I was being present, but I was there or going to a friend's house and being like, and like seeing everything, you know? And sometimes like you, you've probably had the experience with kids where they point out something that you don't even like, mm -hmm. you don't even like, you just, you don't even notice, or they go to something and start messing with something or, oh, I didn't even know that I was there because they're so present and they see everything and they're taking everything in because everything is new and everything's fresh. So you can think of that, like how many people like can think back to when they were a kid where, you know, they were just very present and you were very, um, um, very aware of everything that was going on. Um, or I've seen a kid and I watched them be present. I know uh, one of the things I love about specific ages and kids is when they're kind of like discovering gravity and they have an object in their hand 
and they're kind of looking at it and then they drop it and then they like pick it up and then they like drop it again. And like that discovery process, you know, you, you always wonder kind mm. of like, like what's going on in their mind, but they're exploring their environment. They're, they're that present, they're present enough. And this is kind of interesting because of course they're way too young to understand everything that we know about gravity and why it happens and all sorts of stuff like that. But at the same time, they're present enough to actually make, make discoveries about how the world works. That's your, that's their entire existence, right? That's our mm -hmm. entire existence and is make discoveries about how the world works, how the world operates, learn and take this information in. And so they're picking up an object and dropping it. And so they're, they're discovering gravity for the first time in their lives without, without all of the, the complexities of why and how, but understanding that if they are holding something and they let go, it will fall to the ground. And that's an important skill. And that I think is really cool because that's mm -hmm. to me, one of the things I just, I just love watching kids have that moment, but they're kind of discovering their connection to this world as a whole. You know, mm -hmm. and, and that's a, a cool moment specifically because it's it's much bigger than the room they're in or the object that they're holding. It's a it's a concept that they're going to take for life, and it's a concept that attaches them to quite literally this this world, this planet, as as in its entirety. Yeah, yeah. So why I brought that up is is if you can think of a moment in your past where two people, Isabella and Jen you put up great examples of what you did when you were kids where you were just totally present. You were totally immersed and you were just there. Right. Um, if you can remember back to that point and how that felt, right. The reason why I wanted to say that is because you can bring that forward and like, that can be kind of the goal state. It was like, we want to be, we want to be present. We want to be there. Um, and another example, the second example I wanted to bring up about this, about, you know, presence when it kind of just naturally happens in your life is when you go like traveling, you visit a new place um, because everything's fresh, everything's new. Like I remember going to Italy and walking into, um, what was it? I forget. It was like a ancient Roman, I was in Rome and this ancient, uh, what was it called? I can't even remember what it was called. Anyways, but it was, it was super old cathedral-like building, but I was there. I was present. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at, I, I did go there, but it wasn't that specifically. Um, I'll say this. I went to, uh, what's, where's the Pope live? The Vatican. The Vatican. So I'll, I'll use that. I went to the Vatican and everything in there is so ornate and like magnificent. And the altar is just like crazy, like all gold and everything. And like, I was there and I was like, I, I was so immersed in it because it was I've never seen anything like that before. Um, and that for me was a very, uh, a feeling of presence. And I remember the first time I went to Disney world as a kid, you know, um, cause it was also like magical and all these things. I just remember being present, walking down one of the roads where, you know, all the buildings were like magical or fa like fanciful. Um, and just feel, having this feeling of like, wow, this is, this is really cool. And look at that. Look at the details they did there and look at the details they did there. And I was just very present. So if you can think of a time when you were a kid, when you were very present or a time then where maybe you, you traveled somewhere and you were just like immersed into your environment, you weren't thinking, you weren't feeling emotions. You were just there experiencing what was right in front of you. That can kind of help you understand what we're, what we're going for here. Um, but to kind of close it off, we have two kind of actions for you. One is like doing the almond experiment, uh, experiment, doing taking five to 10 minutes just to do that. It will uh, again, give you a really great example 
of what mindfulness is. Um, it doesn't have to be an almond. It can be a raisin, a cashew. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a nut. It can be anything. No, it doesn't have to I be a nut. Just something. Right? You said your dentist said almonds. I'll, it cracks a lot of teeth. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea. Raw almonds. Um, so that, um, and then picking a, a grounding exercise that you can do um, if you get triggered, right? So something that so even, creating. yeah, creating that grounding exercise, having a plan for that. So when you get triggered or if you get triggered, you know exactly what you need to do. Cause you don't want to create the plan when you get triggered. You want to know when, what to do before the event arises so that when the event arises, you're prepared and you don't have to think about it. So those are kind of the two. So now create one that you can do anytime, anywhere. I mean, if you wear any right, sort of jewelry, right. that's a great thing to do. Um, but you know, just you can even practice throughout the day, just creating them at, at random, mm -hmm. right? And just so like, let's create one right now. Here's my water bottle. There's a lot that we can do with this, right? So just immerse yourself into it. And then I would add one more thing to our kind of actions for today. Cause the, the almond experience, you don't have to do that every time. You don't have to do that every day. It's no, no, no. More of a one-off experience um, or an every now and then experience. But I would encourage you to find an exercise that you're already doing every day or an activity, whether it's coffee, shower, whatever, you know, stretching, mm -hmm. even time with your dog, whatever it is that you're already doing every day that you kind of make sure to get in. And I would just take a moment of the time that you spend with that exercise and make it a mindfulness exercise, make it a grounding exercise mm -hmm. each day. So you can get some consistency with this. So you can really build a strong muscle so yep. that when you need a grounding exercise, it's going to be that much easier. Or when something challenging happens, it's going to be that much easier to get yourself into a good state, to get yourself into a present state. Yeah. And uh, some examples, coffee, my favorite is showering. So I shower every day. That's such a great cue. He showers twice a day. Actually. Shower twice a day. Believe it or not. <laughs> um, actually shower twice a day. The last thing is for those of you people who can't think of a childhood experience, I would take, again, you don't have to do this every day. Um, just like the almond experiment, you can visualize, try to put yourself back in there and imagine what that was like feeling. So you can bring that feeling forward. So to kind of recap, cause we kind of rattled off a few things, the almond experiment. Um, and if you have it visualizing the childhood experience, um, so almond and childhood experience, um, picking a grounding exercise for if you're triggered and then picking one exercise to uh, bring mindfulness to whether it's showering, coffee, something that you do every day that can be a cue so that you can build a habit around bringing mindfulness and presence to your everyday life. I love this one, Mimi. Mimi sharing very present when I take my bath at night. I'm a bath person. <laughs> Kayleen is a bath through person. Through and through. Okay, so that's our action for today. Now we have an awesome week planned for next week, which is like just basically one day off from now. So we're super, super excited about that. Make sure you stick around for that. And then the week after next, now we haven't talked about this extensively, but it's going to be about time to do another boot camp. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, we haven't picked a topic for the boot camp yet, but what a boot camp is, for those of you who don't know, all week we're basically going to be focused on one topic and we're going to do more of a deep dive on that topic. Uh, rather than our kind of round robin schedule that we normally do. So next week, we're going to talk more about addictions. We're going to talk more about processing mindset routines as we kind of typically do. But the week afterwards, we're going to do a boot camp on something. So we're going to talk more about that. And of course, we'll announce that next week as we get rocking and rolling in the week. So amazing job with this week. We covered a lot this week. We covered 
about motivation. We talked about building affirmations and goals into a routine. We talked about honesty. We talked about addictions and we talked about being present, mindfulness, grounding, all sorts of stuff like that. So really powerful things that we talked about this week. You'll notice this week, uh, our theme of presence. That was kind of a theme that came up quite a bit this week. On Monday, when we talked about motivation, we talked about putting on blinders. You know, when we talked about addictions, we talked about keeping yourself basically in the, in the present and focusing on right now. All you have to do is not use right now. Okay. These are all exercises that you, you doing the grounding exercises, you doing the mindfulness exercises every day are going to help you build that skill. It's going to make it that much easier to do all the other things that we're working on kind of doing here today. So lots going on next week, but we'll move into our Q and a, if you have any questions, feel free to get them in the chat box there and we will get to them. And uh, awesome job. And thank you for joining us on yeah, this awesome on this job Saturday today. session. If you like today's podcast, you can get access to five live recovery secrets coaching sessions a week, just like this one with a Q&A session at the end of each one, a private coaching community, replay access, and a ton of amazing bonuses for free by going to overcomingptsd.com slash free trial. Hope to see you there.